Hi, I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm in Orlando, Florida, and welcome to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. Today, I'm going to talk about the Equitable Distribution Worksheet. What is that? Let's get started. So, the Equitable Distribution Worksheet lists all of the marital and non-marital assets and all of the marital and non-marital debts in the marriage. So, equity means fairness. Distribution means how are we going to divide up or distribute the marital assets and marital debts. The reason to list the non-marital assets and the non-marital debts is not to distribute them, but especially the non-marital assets can be used to determine whether one of the parties has an ability to pay alimony. Most people not, may not know that, but that is the purpose of determining non-marital assets. Now, it's also important to determine uh, the difference between the two because one side may say, well, wait a minute, that's a marital asset. And the other side may say it's a non-marital asset and not subject to distribution. So the definition of a marital asset is any asset that has been earned or accumulated during the marriage, that is between the date of the marriage and the date of filing the petition for dissolution of marriage is a marital asset, okay? There are some exceptions to that. You might've accumulated something by gift from a family member or an inheritance. And as long as you kept it segregated, you didn't jointly title it or commingle it into a joint bank account or a marital bank account that will likely be determined to be a non-marital asset. Okay, there's a lot of nuances around that area of the law, but as long as you don't commingle, as long as you don't jointly title it, which would tend to indicate that it, the, there was a donative intent or that there was intent to put it in joint names or to gift it to the other spouse. So keep non-marital assets separate and you should be fine. All right, so once you've determined what are marital and non-marital assets, you start listing them on the equitable distribution worksheet. Now I've said in prior videos that I believe the financial affidavit is the most important financial document in the dissolution of marriage case. I would say that the equitable distribution worksheet is a pretty close second. This is a very important document. This is what either you're going to attach to the marital settlement agreement, and it's going to determine which of the spouses or which of the parties get which assets and take which debts, all right? And also it can be used in court for the court to attach to the final judgment to delineate who gets what assets and takes what debts. One overriding principle is that once you divide up all of the assets and the debts of the marriage, the net number at the bottom should be approximately a 50-50 distribution of those assets and debts between the parties. If one of the spouses is going to get more in the way of net equitable distribution, meaning the difference between the assets received and the debts or liabilities taken, then the spouse receiving more than 50% of the net proceeds will pay the other spouse typically what's known as an equalizing payment. 
So let's say for ease of math, uh, one spouse is getting $200,000 worth of net equitable distribution and the other spouse is getting $100,000 worth of net equitable distribution. That means the spouse receiving more is getting 100,000 more than the other spouse. So the spouse receiving more would have to pay a $50,000 equalizing payment to the other spouse, thus reducing their 200,000 to 150 and thus increasing the other spouse's 100,000 to $150,000, thus equalizing the equitable distribution. Okay, let's get into the nuts and bolts of the actual equitable distribution worksheet. You're gonna have categories of assets starting out, and then you're gonna have columns for what was the date uh, the asset was valued, uh, who's receiving the asset, whether the husband or the wife, and if there's uh, typically on the far right um, column is the non-marital asset. So it's not included in the equitable distribution, but it's at least acknowledged that there are those non-marital assets. So you start with things like cash, bank accounts, checking, savings, money market, CDs, that kind of thing. And you include those in the total. And then you can wait till you finish completing the form to start um, divvying up things, which I typically do because I want to see the big picture first. So you continue to include under the assets things like brokerage accounts, uh, retirement plans like 401ks, IRAs, maybe somebody has a pension, maybe that's going to be valued, or maybe you just simply divide out the proceeds of the pension between the two parties um, if it's going to be difficult to value the pension. That's another topic for another day. Then you get into what I call hard assets like the house. Maybe you have rental properties. Maybe you have raw land or, or a lakefront lot or a lot somewhere that you were going to build on or sell later. Then there might be a business owned by the parties, uh, maybe a building, a uh, commercial building for um, investment purposes. There will be uh, cars, maybe a boat. Um, some people even have an airplane or something like that. Okay, so then you get into what do you have inside the house? Do you have furnishings, furniture, personal property, china, um, if you have artwork or collectibles, of value, then you want to have those appraised. Um, with regard to the car or the boat, you can get a Kelly Blue Book value on the car. You know the the make and model, the year, the um, features on the vehicle, the miles on the vehicle, and so forth. Same for the boat. There's ways to value that also easily. For the house, there are essentially three ways to value a house. The best and most expensive is an appraisal. However, a, a CMA or a comparative market analysis is also very good. And realtors will often do that for free, hoping that if the house is sold, that they will be chosen as the listing agent for the house. I find that CMAs are often as good and maybe sometimes better than an appraisal in the sense that CMAs are 
looking at the active market and what's happening with the sale of properties. And if you're an upward moving market can kind of indicate that trend. Finally, there's there are services like Zillow that you can get an easy value off the internet. I'm going to say that's the least accurate and courts uh, don't prefer that. But if that's the best you have, that's the best competent evidence for trial, then that's what a court will likely go with. But I would recommend an appraisal or a CMA. So you also want to uh, value jewelry. Um, you can get an appraisal on it. Um, insurance appraisals are not always the best, um, but they're better than nothing. They give some indication, but they're typically not the most accurate. The engagement ring, if it is purchased and given prior to the marriage, is actually considered a premarital or non-marital asset and not subject to equitable distribution. All other jewelry, though, typically purchased between the parties during the marriage are marital assets and subject to equitable distribution. Finally, a bigger issue uh, that's developing in equitable distribution is Bitcoin. So people are more and more investing in Bitcoin. It is now part of the mandatory disclosure that it has to be disclosed if one of the parties owns Bitcoin. So think about that. There's some other minor things like um, rewards points for airlines or credit cards. Those can often add up and be some amount of value for uh, distribution in the equitable distribution uh, framework. So now you get into the debts, the liabilities. Those are basically the credit cards seem to be most of the debt that people are running other than the mortgages. Mortgages, uh, HELOCs, um, home equity line of credit, or just a LOC line of credit, or a second mortgage or something of that nature, uh, all have to be listed as debts on the equitable distribution worksheet. Okay, so there can also be other loans. There can be loans against a 401k. Um, we need to look at obviously the most recent statement for the 401k to see if there are any existing loans. Prior loans on against uh, retirement plans will show up typically on the tax returns. <laughs> So um, once you've added up all of the assets and all of the debts, then you start putting them into the individual columns. What is the wife receiving? What is the husband receiving? One of the interesting um, aspects of retirement plans is that those monies in a retirement plan are typically what we call appreciated assets. So you've gotten a tax deduction for putting monies into a 401k or a simple IRA or a regular I IRA. And so as those monies grow, they appreciate. So when you ultimately take the monies out, you're going to pay ordinary income tax on it. So if you have $100,000 in a 401k, when you start taking that money out, it's not actually worth $100,000. You've got to pay income tax on it. So we tax impact those kinds of retirement plans. So if you're in a say 20% bracket or 25%, then that $100,000 401k is actually only worth 80,000 or $75,000, okay? That's a, a good point. 
Also, I would say when you're putting together your equitable distribution worksheet or when your attorney is, that the most important thing you can do is be organized. Provide the the bank statements, the brokerage statements, checking saving statements, mortgage um, loan documents, uh, statements, um, the deed to the house. Go ahead and get that Kelly Blue Book value on the car or the appraisal on the jewelry. That saves your attorney a lot of time and of course that saves you money. So I really recommend you do that. I've said in prior videos, I look at the client as part of the team. The lawyer and his staff know the law. We provide that legal advice and establish what the court needs to know from a legal standpoint. But the client knows the facts. The client has lived through the marriage, knows the facts, what's happened, knows where the assets are typically, not always. Sometimes we have to go through some forensic um, financial uh, evaluation to find hidden assets, which will go into the equitable distribution worksheet. But the more organized and the more engaged you are as a client, the more helpful it is to your attorney. Uh, I think it saves you money and it helps your attorney be more successful for you in your case. Okay, a couple of other factors to consider. You always have to be concerned about the potential for bankruptcy. Let me explain this. Any debts the parties have to third-party creditors, whether it's a mortgage, whether it's credit cards, whether it's a student loan, whatever it is, just because you and your spouse agree who's gonna take on what debts doesn't mean that that affects the third-party creditor. In fact, it doesn't, it has no impact. So let's say you decide, oh, I'm gonna give all the debts to my spouse but then they have to take a majority of the assets to balance all the debts they're taking. Well, what if they then blow all the assets and they don't pay the debts, they file bankruptcy. Well, now those third party creditors can't go against your spouse for those debts. And so they come after you. So you're being sued by the mortgage holder or you're being sued by the credit card companies. And so that may well force you into bankruptcy. You may seek to try to hold your ex-spouse responsible, but if they filed bankruptcy, they've blown all the assets, they don't have any income, you may be out of luck there. So you gotta be very careful about how you distribute out all of these debts and of course assets because the assets are weighed against the debts to make it an equitable distribution. So when the house, let's say, is the largest asset in the marriage on the equitable distribution worksheet, the house is either what? One, gonna be sold. Two, one of the spouses is gonna wanna keep the house. So I would highly recommend that that spouse be required to refinance or assume that mortgage to get your client off of that obligation to that mortgage holder. And if the spouse keeping the house is unable within a specific period of time to refinance or assume that mortgage, then there has to be in the marital settlement agreement a requirement that that spouse sell the house and then pay off the mortgage so that 
my client would be relieved of that uh, financial obligation. Also, if the mortgage isn't paid off, it's still gonna be on the public record in the credit report, an obligation of the spouse not owning the house anymore. Just because, uh, say, husband uh, quit claim deeds, the house to the wife doesn't relieve him of obligation on the mortgage. So he may not own it, but he still has a legal obligation to pay it. And so we want he won't be able to afford a new house because the former marital home is still showing up on that spouse's credit report as an obligation, which makes it much more difficult for them to qualify for a new loan for a new uh, house. Okay, so that's the equitable distribution worksheet. That's really important. That actually is much better than just trying to describe everything that's happening or everything that's being divided amongst the assets and debts in the marital settlement agreement. When you have this equitable distribution worksheet, you can look at it in one clear picture and say, here are all the assets. Here's who's getting which of the assets. Here are all the debts. This is who's getting which debts. And then at the bottom, you see what the net amount that each spouse is receiving. And if there's a need for an equalizing payment on the bottom of the equitable distribution worksheet. So I think that's very helpful to the court. It's very helpful to the parties and it's very helpful to the lawyers. It, it, it makes it much clearer and helps avoid missing any assets or debts. Okay, I hope this video today has been helpful. Hit that like button, uh, subscribe to the channel, hit that uh, bell icon. I don't want you to miss any future videos. I'm shooting new uh, legal videos every Wednesday and uh, professional expert videos or interviews on Fridays. So as I always say, I believe your family matters. And so I wanna provide hope and help to your family to successfully navigate the family law process in a healthy way. So stay healthy, stay safe, and I'll see you in the next video.